The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays and host of the Life with Mariana podcast. This episode is with Valeria Lipovetsky, and she is somebody that I followed online for many years now, and I love her content for so many reasons. But something that really gravitates me towards her and her content is that I really feel like I know her. It's so engaging. It's so personal. It's funny but it's still elevated and I'm getting something out of it. Her content is so well thought out to me. And after I interviewed her, I totally understand why it would because she really thinks of her content as a business and a media company. And there's so much that goes into building a company like this that it just really fascinated me. In this episode, we talk about how authenticity helped her grow on social, the business of being an influencer and building a team, her content creation process, and she did have a brand if you guys have followed her, and she actually closed her company. I think that's something so brave to do, and there's so much that you can learn about it. So we talked about how she knew it was time to close the brand and the lessons that she learned. If you guys want to learn from Valeria, keep listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Life with Mariana because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. I have followed you for a while, but I don't know where or why or when you started creating content online. Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I started creating content in 2017. I actually, my background was holistic nutrition. So when I finished my, no, let me take it further. I was modeling. And then when I got married at 21 and started doing the baby thing, I decided that then I want to kind of venture in more into health and nutrition. And I did my nutrition school. I got my diploma. I thought I'm going to start like a business, like a cute little office where people can come in and I can like supplement. And I did that with two clients and I came home and I was like, I hate this so much. And you're an introvert. I can't, I was like, I can't give people what they need. So I had all this information and, you know, all the things that I've learned and I really wanted to share. So I was trying to figure out a way where I can bring it to people without actually interacting with them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. And that's when I started my blog, The Modern Fox. <laughs> that's when, when you told me about the godmother. I was like, oh, that's like from the same, the same creative the direction. Same era, yeah. yeah. So I started Modern Fox in 2017. And I liked it, but it felt like I couldn't really, I was, I was still hiding, you know, behind a screen. And like I could, I was re-editing my text every literally two hours So I felt like I wasn't really putting myself out there and couldn't really give as much information. And that's when I found YouTube. So I started posting on YouTube in 2017 and really started taking it seriously. And it's just kind of translated to other platforms. But it started with nutrition. Then I was still modeling. So I would do a little vlog. I was very lost on YouTube back then. I didn't really know what I'm doing. I was just putting things out there. I was editing the videos myself. I often go back to watch them because it's 
so cringy and so humbling. <laughs> and yeah, and it just kind of developed. It became social media became all of a sudden like a tool where I could learn more about myself through other people, through my creativity, to expression, and been doing it ever since. And so that's 2017. How mm-hmm. long from 2017 on did it become where you could do this full-time as a job? Was there something that happened? Did a video go viral? Like, was it a slow growth? It definitely wasn't like an overnight success. I think it took, I was doing it for about maybe two years. And then my first viral video was actually me going to meet my biological father in Russia. And it was the most random thing because up until then, I was just posting like, you know, pictures, videos on fashion and like health and supplements, stuff like that. And then I had this moment in my life where I had an opportunity to meet my biological father, which I've never met in my life. And my husband was like, maybe film it. Not for just for yourself, just so you have it. And I was like, okay. So I was filming that whole trip. And it was um, it was a very important trip in my life with my mom. And uh, when I came back and looked at the footage, I was like, I feel like it will heal some people to watch that because it was a very healing thing for me to watch. And I decided to put it online. And to my surprise, it resonated so much. And so many people went through such similar experiences. So that was really kind of my, put me on a map in a way on YouTube. Yeah. That's incredible. It was very interesting because up until then, I was so doing, you know, the kind of like the curated, the very, you know, super, not superficial, but yeah, things that like you couldn't really understand who I was, you know? And that was the first video that I was like, wow, I really love sharing myself with people. And I really love sharing stories. And that was also when I was like, I really like, that's what I want to do with my life. So that made you feel more comfortable being a little bit more vulnerable or sharing more personal about yourself. Yeah. And it also kind of changed the way I looked at like privacy, you know, because before to me, I I didn't want anyone to know anything. And when I've experienced that, when I put that video out there and I had those interactions with people that reached out to me and I saw that while I had this event in my life that means a lot to me, but it became so much bigger because it meant so much for other people as well. Like it just brought so much kind of helped with part of like the closure for me as well. Right. So I, yeah, it's just, it, it showed me that I want to open up to people. I want to build a community around that. I want to be able to have those kind of conversations. And that was kind of the start of like forming my why behind you know, social media in my, in my career. And how would you describe your content now? My content now is, let's say like a nice balance of all the things that are, you know, big in my life. So I'm a, I love fashion. It's part of uh, who I am and what I did and do. Uh, My family, I'm, you know, with my three kids, like it's something that uh, they're my pride and joy. And it's so cool to, you know, also share this like family content that I know makes people feel good. It makes me feel good. And then also kind of the self-development aspect where I'm still figuring out who I am, you know, and, uh, and sharing my lived experiences and kind of connecting on that level. So I would say those are the, the three things that will define my social media. 
It's that time of year for me. I'm traveling a lot. I travel a little bit over the summer. I had a few summer trips and I didn't need that much stuff when I traveled, even though I'm a chronic overpacker. But Fashion Week, Fashion Month is here. So between New York and Paris, I've got a lot of stuff with me. And we've all been there. If you're trying to fit everything you need for a trip, only to end up with so many suitcases that are bursting at the seams, that is me. But with base, there's room for everything. So if you are overpacking or deciding between a ton of pair of shoes, no problem. Bring them all with base. In the case of traveling, actress and model Shay Mitchell, she's just like all of us. She's always looking for ways to make travel a breeze. And that's why she created base. It is the perfect luggage that's fashionable and functional, which is perfect for me at this time of year between all my fashion weeks. Everyone's looking good at the airport. Base was created to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Base has thought of everything you could possibly want in a piece of luggage. It's got 360-degree gliding wheels, trying to drag my suitcase to the airport and it's getting stuck on everything, a cushion handle, a built-in weight indicator, and washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you could need to keep organized. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. And if you have a shorter trip, the Weekender bag is super functional. It even has a place to store your shoes separately. And I just used this bag when I went to Italy and it was perfect. I just had that in my carry-on. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash Mariana. Go to basetravel.com slash Mariana for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash Mariana. I was just thinking about this this morning because I had to go to a doctor's appointment and I was just thinking back to that dreaded day that we wish would never come the day that you kicked off your parents' healthcare plan. So whether you've got insurance coverage or not, you can still get the care you need whenever you need it with Caraway. Have you ever gone on to WebMD or Google to look up why you might have a headache only to end up down a rabbit hole, freaking out about conditions that you don't even have? Well, don't panic. You could just talk to a real doctor instead and right away with Caraway. If you're someone that had to call your mom to make all your doctor's appointments for you, you might be putting off taking care of your health needs now that you're on your own. Thankfully, there's Caraway, the all-in-one app to get the health care you need. Caraway is all the care you need in one place, and their easy-to-use app offers physical, mental, and reproductive health care tailored to the needs of Gen Z. With Caraway, you have unlimited 24-7 access to experienced care of doctors, therapists, psychiatrists, gynecologists, nurses, and health advisors. And you will always talk to a real person, not a robot. Caraway can help manage different healthcare concerns like getting medicine when you're sick or treating depression or refilling birth control prescriptions. You can also message your care team to get quick answers to your questions, big or small, like why your headache won't go away or if you need to know if a mole looks normal. And there's no long wait times or inconvenient hours or surprise fees. Right now, Caraway is offering new members 30 days completely free if you go to caraway.health Mariana. There's no credit card required to try it. Get free and unlimited access to chat with their care team for 30 days. That's C-A-R-A-W-A-Y dot health slash Mariana for 30 days completely free. For you, I feel like it's very much also a business behind the scenes. So I have Mm -hmm. so many creator friends. Some people are just doing it by themselves. Some people maybe have one assistant. But what does the business of Valeria look like? So when I started in 2017, obviously I did everything myself. My husband didn't even know what I was doing until kind of a year and a half in. He started seeing, first of all, started making money. And he was like, mm, where are all these things coming from? Like, well, I'm doing this thing on YouTube. And, you know, he started kind of looking into that and it's, it really, I have to give credit to Gary, my husband. He really saw the opportunity. He was in internet marketing. That was kind of his background. And when he saw this media, I didn't realize, right? For me, it was just like fun. I was developing myself. I was sharing my passions. And he's like, this is, a, this is, this is real. Like, this is 
the future of media. And this is something to really pay attention to. And he said, can I like come and help you and like advise you on how to do this? So we really started building an organization once, you know, the business could afford it. And we started building people that could support me. So when I was doing my deals and the editing and the research, and then also being in front of the camera, we started kind of one by one, we got an editor first, and then we got someone to do like the deals and the contracts, and then we got someone to do something else. And we kind of built out this organization. um, And we really wanted to create a business model for, for content creators, because nothing was around. Everyone was doing it themselves. Maybe there was someone to help them. And we really wanted to kind of build a company around it and kind of keep pushing and discovering new ways to to grow it. So now we're 12 people. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And what are like some of those roles that people have? Yeah. So we have the business development team, which deal with any inbound and outbound and client relations. So we very much work like as an agency. So we have that aspect. We have the finance team. And then we have our kind of my department, I would say the creative department. So I work with like a producer of my social media manager and an editor. And and yeah, and I'm able to really focus on what I love to do and what I'm good at, which is the creative. And then we brought in a CEO three years ago, Rachel, you met. And she really took this company and like build a culture around it. Because again, we we're kind of like, what are we doing? Like, We have all these people, but is it a business? Is it, you know, something is happening. And we really managed to like build something that we offer as an agency to clients that are paying us the brands that we work with. And also, you know, be able to build like a nice infrastructure around a personal brand that can support me. So it's not a race, it's a marathon. And we are, you know, building something that have the longevity and like something that would really stick around. So yeah, I'm really like trying to constantly learn when to be like, okay, I need everything needs to stop and I just need to remove myself. It it is a lot because I think there are so many platforms and you want to be present, but mm-hmm. then it's still like our business. So we can't not show up. But I think it's really helpful to like, do you do days where you like batch create a lot of content? Oh, so you always yeah. have something to post? Oh yeah, we have. And I've been something that we've been doing for years now. Like we have bank of content. And, you know, we always, but also I love about my team and I love working with creative people is that we always find new ways to use older content and refresh it and make it new again. So there's a lot of creativity involved, a lot of execution, but yeah, those are the things that allow me to step back whenever I need to, whenever my kids need me. So that's been a big part of like, On the content creation side, what does your weekly schedule look like? Because I'm so interested, like how you do all of this. So I feel like we actually talked about it yesterday that we need a new process. We need a new process every like six months because with new platforms, new things coming up, there's always something. But as of right now, the way it's kind of works, I have a studio in Miami and we are going to be shooting content there. So three days a week, I want to be in the studio. And it's involved podcast and anything like organic for YouTube, any videos like long form, things like that shot in the in the studio. Mondays are my admin days. So beginning of the week, I have time to decompress to understand what's going on. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, studio days, I'm shooting. And then Friday is kind of like miscellaneous between meetings and other things that needs to be done. What's your posting schedule like? Like, do you like to post like on TikTok every day, on Instagram every day? Like, what's your cadence there? Yeah. I mean, before, I think during COVID even, we were obviously 
trying to be very present because everyone was present on the platform at all times. So we were posting like three to four times a day on Instagram, three times on TikTok. Like I was, I was also pumping so much content because it felt to me like when COVID hit and I got, we're all kind of locked in the house. Something happened to me that I woke up in the morning and I'm like, I have so much to share and so much to say and so much to give. And I was just pumping content like crazy. Looking back, honestly, I don't know what what possessed me, but that was beautiful. It was such a great journey. So back then I was because there was so much content I was posting a lot. Obviously, when the world opened up and now we're doing all the things and traveling and work and there's a lot of things happening, but there is still cadence. So let's say on Instagram, I post twice a day, once to twice a day, always. On TikTok, I try once a day. On YouTube, it's once to twice a week. Yeah. Right now we're doing once a week, but we're going to go to doing twice a week. But now it's shorter form, not as long, long form. And everything else is kind of syndicated. Now there's the threads, but I, I, I so when I get to threads, I already have zero thoughts in my head. So I'm just like, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing left to say. Nothing left to say. So new creators who <laughs> yeah. aspire to have a career like yours, obviously they might not be able to start off even with one person. So they're yeah. trying to do a lot on their own. Is there a certain platform you think newer creators should focus their time on to get like the most bang for their buck in time? I would say it's a tie for me between TikTok and YouTube, to be honest. I think YouTube Shorts is an amazing place to do things on now. I think the algorithm, the discovery is really high. So definitely something I would get into. But those two platforms are, I would say, are a great place to start. And I think you're really comfortable with video content. Like Mm -hmm. I see like... When you're on camera, I can tell that you're comfortable. For people who maybe are a little bit more shy, any tips for them? It's honestly practice, you know? I mean, I'm sure you remember the first days of first, maybe even years of content creation where you just, you cringe looking at yourself and hearing your own voice. I mean, it still happens to me sometimes. I'm just like, ah, someone turns it off. But it's just, it's very much practice. It's really putting yourself out there and like, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable and then it's going to get better and you get better. And I'm still, you know, working on getting better at so many different things. So it's just doing it over and over and over again until it just feels like second nature. And at what point can you feel comfortable investing back into your business? Like at what point are you like, okay, it's time to hire an editor. It's time to hire somebody that can help me create more content. I mean, I think that's really case by case because if I look back, right, and I was in a position where I didn't have to think about using the money from my business to buy food, right? Like my husband was working, we had an income, so I wasn't relying on my income. So we were able to reinvest in the business and we never put any of our own money. We're just like, when the business started making, it just made sense to, you know, start adding people based on what it was making. And also with kind of the projection and what you want it to be. We wanted to become an organization and kind of like operate as a media company Some people are happy to, you know, keep it at like two, three people to do two platforms and something else. And that's it. So it really depends on like where you want to go and if you're already proven for the business to work. So I think, you know, a sign of it's working and we have something here is when you start seeing the the brand deals coming in or any type of monetization happening. That's kind of a sign. It's like, okay, now we have to think about what kind of business we want from this. For you, your engagement is very high. So when I look at your content, it's amazing. But why do you think that is? Like, because there's people who have the same amount of following as you and your engagement is so much higher than theirs. I'm very critical 
with the content that I put out there. I'm very tough with, like I overthink things and sometimes it obviously harms me more. But for me, every piece of content that I put out there, it has to evoke some kind of emotion. Is it making you think? Is it making you laugh? Is it making you... Because at the end of the day, that's the value that I bring. I'm not putting videos or pictures out there to satisfy my own needs. So to me, I think because I always think about that and I base my content on that and I share the stories that like I know my audience will respond to, that's why it keeps the community engaged. And like I put myself out there. like So people, it connects. I can totally see that. And I'm like either inspired or entertained. There was a video that you post. Like, I love that I can read something and it's about self-development and a book you're reading and what you're learning today, like on your broadcast channel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's like a more intimate conversation with you. But then I can see a funny video with Mm -hmm. you and your kids doing like a trend and it's making me laugh. So I didn't realize that was what was happening. But when you're Mm -hmm. saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, I do totally get that from you. And I feel like that's why even me as a follower feels so engaged to you. And Mm -hmm. now I can understand like why that engagement comes because then I look, I'm like, wow, like, because everyone's like the algorithm, the algorithm. I'm like, I don't know if people are getting like a lot of engagement on their posts. So like it's working for some people. Yeah. No, I've been very self-aware throughout like my progress as a content creator. And I'm always, you know, I ask myself these questions and I ask myself, you know, is it coming from a place of a value? Is it coming from a real place as well? Because I tried following certain things before, right? Like certain trends or putting content out there that doesn't necessarily is for the benefit of the viewer, but more like for myself. And it's just, it's not my thing. And it, I feel like takes more effort out of me. You know, the things that I create now, I put work in, but it's effortless because it's like, it's my story and I want to share it. And I know it's going to make someone feel something. And that's why I put it out there. So thank you. I'm happy you feel that way. I love it. And how do you balance that content that you just genuinely want to create with also the content that's going to have brands want to come work with you or brand partners? Because sometimes maybe that kind of content might not be the same. So how do you balance both of it? Because like sometimes we do need to like do a sponsored post, which maybe is a little bit different type of content. So part of what, and that's why I love about, you know, having our company at kind of the value that we bring when we even work with certain brands, we very much try to advise on strategy and also advise on strategy that is based on you know, my audience, like we know what my audience want to see. So we're very, try to be collaborative with brands, be like, let us tell your story through the way we tell the story, right? So it will really resonate or do something. Sometimes it works, other times it doesn't. At the end of the day, you know, there are some instances where it's just, you know, they want a commercial and that's fine. So sometimes there's more balance than other times, but it's like, you try, you try to tell a story in the most authentic way. I love a little morning shake, afternoon pick-me-up, nighttime dessert. And I have to tell you about these flavors. Like you guys, if you think about something like brownie batter, key lime pie, maple donut, mint chocolate, these are all protein flavors you guys can try right now. Usually with protein powders, they have this chalky aftertaste, but Clean Simple Eats is different. It is so creamy and smooth and it has absolutely zero chalkiness and you guys are going to love these flavors. I love anything snickerdoodle or cookies and cream. I have such a sweet tooth, so I really like to mix protein into snacks that I'm having just to get extra protein in my day. So I'll mix it with like a yogurt for breakfast and I love mixing it with my oatmeals as well. But they have 26 delicious all natural flavors and you really cannot go wrong with any one of them. Like I said, I love the snickerdoodle and cookies and cream, but you guys can also try s'mores or cotton candy. Their protein powder is always grass fed with no artificial ingredients, third party tested, non-GMO and gluten free. 
Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com, code Mariana for 20% off your first order. My wellness routine is something that's really a routine for me and part of my daily habits no matter where I am in the world. And especially when I'm traveling, I like to also make it a part of my wellness routine because it makes me really just feel my best on vacation and I have that time for self-care. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being. At Weston, you can work out however you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus with their Weston Workout Fitness Studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You could even go on a group run, which is so amazing to do when you travel because I really think running and going on walks is an amazing place to see local areas. You can be led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to see all the areas. And wherever you are, run like a local because they have Weston's three and five mile scenic running maps, making it really easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. Eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. When I travel, I'm always looking for foods that make me feel my best. And Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. Choose what's right for you. And Weston makes it really easy for you to continue nourishing your help no matter the destination. Recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. You can wind down naturally and sleep well with lavender balm, which really helps to ease tension and soothe the senses. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. So the content creation side of your business is very full-time. You have a lot going on. You have a Mm -hmm. full team there, but you also have the brand. So we closed the brand and that's why, you know, when we were talking earlier and I was talking about the longevity of a brand and something I love that you guys are doing in Summer Fridays, I didn't think about the longevity of the brand when I started our brand. Like it, it started the brand, first of all, it went through like three different evolutions in like three years. That doesn't make sense. So it started as Leia and it started from a place of, you know, I loved accessories and jewelry and we're doing that. And people started like, oh, one more, more, more. And we kind of like grew fast without actually building an infrastructure for it. And then when we started kind of thinking about, okay, we need to build an infrastructure, we then rebranded it to something else. And it was just, it just became such a mess. Okay. And that's why I asked you also, you know, when there's certain people that come into the picture and give you advice and sometimes you're like, well, they have more experience than me, then I'm going to take that advice. So people don't realize that actually to create a brand that's working, that's like really building something, the execution is a whole other thing, you know? So we kind of got to a place where I asked myself, okay, is this brand really, am I producing something that's really true to me? And is it really bringing value? And I've realized that the answer is no. Like I, my biggest value that I feel like I produce is in my content. Like that's what I love. My passion is there. So I decided to be like, okay, we're, you know, we did it. We did it our way. It didn't work. And I popped a bottle of champagne and I was like, here's to my first big failure. And <laughs> Onwards and upwards. But it's not a failure because I think from each of the things we learned something from it. And so from that, I feel like you probably learned so many lessons and it doesn't mean you won't start another one. Who knows? Like in a year or five years, you might do it all over again and you'll take Mm -hmm. the things that you learned from them. What is like the biggest thing you learned 
this time that you think, okay, I'm not going to do this next time? Definitely asking the questions like, you know, I love what you said about Summer Fridays and what the question you asked yourself before you putting something out there or telling a certain story. It's really all about longevity. What is the goal? What do we want to get to? Is it a legacy brand? Is it something we want to, you know, a hot potato? Like there's different scenarios, right? So asking those questions, we didn't have time to ask those questions. We were just like, okay, there's all this demand. Let's try to catch up. And then I think that that's honestly the first. I feel like that would have dictated a lot of things. Something else that I've learned is I'm actually really happy with the experience that I've had because it was in a very tough industry. Fashion is such a hard business. And we work with a lot of fashion you know, partners. And I have such a better understanding of how all of this works that we just operate differently now, you know, with our brand partners because we understand the process. And I think that whatever my next business will be, I'm just going to come in a, with a lot of small little nuggets of wisdom and, and just from a very like different place. Yeah. I think being brand founders makes us better creators and influencers. Cause oh, I'm like, 100%. I know how much goes into one launch and what we do in like a gifting and seating yeah. and an event. And so there's so much more that goes into it. So like, I try to always like turn my work in correct and on time. And like, yes. if they ask me to say a talking point, I like do the talking point or like whatever their goal is, if they let me know it's like awareness or if it's sales, like yeah. I do whatever the thing is they want. Cause I get it. <laughs> I even sometimes see, you know, as a brand, they'll, give a certain guideline. And I'm like, I feel like you need to add some more things there because I know that to you, it, you think that no one cares, but the audience will appreciate it so much. So yeah, it, it, it really made me a better content creator and it made me look at things very different. I think a lot of people might be going through that. Maybe not, you know, a business, but it could be a relationship, a job of ending something where they think, okay, I thought I wanted this thing. I don't want it. How do you be comfortable ending something that maybe you thought like, oh, this was the dream thing that I wanted, but now I have to move on from this chapter. I think it was very, it just felt so right in my gut. Like I couldn't explain it. I'm a very self-aware pers person. Something that I work on a lot is just being really brutally honest with myself and be able to evaluate, you know, how I feel and just what's going on around me. And when I took that time away and I really stepped away and I gave myself that thinking space and I asked all these questions without anyone's opinions and without, and then ask myself, okay, what are my goals for next year or two years or three years? You know, where do I see myself? I've realized that this thing just didn't fit. Like it just, it holds me back. It's not pushing me forward. So the answer was very clear. And yes, I had to kind of go back and forth with my ego, but at the end of the day, you know, it just, it made so much sense. I didn't want my ego to hold me back either. So I think that just like creating that thinking space and asking like real questions that only you can answer, that does not depend on anyone else's feelings or how someone else will react is really helps you to understand where you need to go. I think too, like you have worked a lot on your self-development and I think you're always like reading and sharing. Was there like a point where you started to be like, oh, I want to work on myself more or was it like a slow gradual thing? I think because I so disliked who I was as a young girl, like I was so insecure and I was so unsure of myself that I just 
I knew that I have to break all these habits. Like I have to unlearn and rewire a lot of the things that I have. And I still work on them. But for me, that really dictated a lot of like the choices that I've made in my life. You know, I started social media because I was like, I have to break away from all these you know, I call it the gray mouse syndrome, you know, where I'm like always hiding and I'm always like uncomfortable and I always care about what people think of me. And so I always try to recognize when something is happening and it like triggers those emotions. I'm like, okay, that means that I have to do it because it's another little breakthrough and another little breakthrough, you know? So it's kind of like a self-discovery journey, you know? So I call for myself whenever people say, oh, what is your even, you know, what do you talk about on your thing? It's not self-development. It's like it's self-discovery because underneath all these like learned, you know, habits and beliefs and behaviors, there's the core me and the core me is fearless and strong and confident, you know? So I'm like discovering her. I love that. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Because I know you're always reading things. Yes, I am. I'm reading right now Rick Rubin's book. This man <laughs> is like a guru. Just so much wisdom. And the way he puts it, you know, the way he just able to transfer these emotions and feelings, it's phenomenal. So I'm actually taking my time reading it. And I reread each chapter. So I'm very deep into that book right now. He's amazing. You have to listen to the audio version. He's done a couple podcasts too because mm-hmm. he was doing a lot of press around the book. Yeah. And he's incredible. Like, yeah. it's. I'm going to download the audio book. I think that's actually going to be… He should start be, like a meditation app and like read meditations to us. Yeah, because his voice… It's your next is, move. Is, <laughs> as if he needs another job. Um, I also <laughs> see you're wearing your aura ring, which I'm wearing mine right now too. I love it. It's it's amazing, right? It changed my life. I actually, I was always very wary about anything that kind of tracks your thing. Because, you know, you can get really hung up on it and it starts messing with your mind. But I started using it a few months ago and I am, I push it on everyone now. Yeah. Like you need an O-ring. How do you sleep? Do you know how much, how many steps you take a day? You need an O-ring. What other kind of self-care things do you do? I have my routine with like workouts. I found my kind of perfect combo. I do. I love weight training and Pilates. It's like my thing. Anything else that honestly, just solitude. That's it. (laughs) I keep talking about it. I found that it's something that's so important to me. So, you know, I used to be very rigid with certain things, trying to get back to my meditation practices. But I am kind of at this era in my life now where I'm just kind of like letting go and I'm listening to myself and sometimes I'll journal and other times I'll, you know, write a few things down. Some days I just don't want to write anything and I just go for a walk. So it's very intuitive. And how do you find solitude with a husband and three kids? (laughs) I feel like I train my husband really well. (laughs) He like knows. He can look at me and he's like, oh, it's that time again. I'm like, yeah. So uh, he's honestly amazing. And he he sees and knows, you know, how much energy it takes out of us, you know, to create and to tell a story and to be of service to other people through content. So he is amazing with giving me that space. We also have help at home. So, you know, that's amazing. And my kids are, they're honestly, they're so cool. They're so chill. They're just like, you look like you're super annoyed. So I'm just going to leave you alone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> So yeah, it's been working. A couple of quick questions. People love your style. So how Mm -hmm. would you describe your personal style? I would say that it's effortless. I think comfort is number one for me. And then 
I would say there's an aspect of like classic. I like to like mix the feminine and masculine aspects of it. So there's always something like that in my… Do you have like a go-to outfit you throw on? Yes, a pair of trousers. I'm a trouser girl. And I would say like a white t-shirt. I love like a pant t-shirt heel or sandal. Yeah. Easy. Has your… Has it changed for you? Was it something else before? I… Look at pictures and it, some pictures were not even that long ago. And I'm like, what was I wearing? Like, I don't, I think what happens too is like, we, I used to just get excited because everyone would like send free clothes. So I would, right. I would pick stuff and just like, because they were sending it, I would accept it. Mm. And then I ended up with clothes I didn't even really like or weren't my style. And I was just like accepting it because they were sending it. But now I'm like, either just pass because it's not the right thing for me. Or I just pick the things that are my own personal style or from the yeah. brands that I like. So I've gotten more selective. So I think a few years ago where… It wasn't even like I was shopping to buy stuff that I wasn't liking. I was just like wearing whatever was sent to me. So mm-hmm. now I feel like, okay, I'm much more selective. I don't need all these things. I don't need to say yes to everything. It's okay if I say no. They're still going to ask me again next time. It's fine. So nice. It's so liberating. Yeah. It's so nice because I think you feel like, oh, like you are excited, but then it becomes also overwhelming. Yeah. So I had a little less, I would say, style crisis when I moved to Miami because I moved to Miami two years ago. And I love the influence of like Latin America and the color and the patterns. And you're just like, okay, I need me some. And I do this sometimes, you know, when it's like a Miami night out. Sometimes I'll bring in some sequins, maybe some feathers, but it's usually kind of like my very odd times when I do that. Okay, so you said a tee. What's your favorite white t-shirt? Actually, one that I've been wearing a lot is from… This brand, Dynamite, is a Canadian brand. Okay. And I'm obsessed with it. It's just the right, just the right shape. And like, I can't explain it. I you know, when you it put up. it on and you're like, oh, perfect. Yes. And then I'll like buy 10 of them because yes. I wear so many of the same t-shirt all the time. Yes. So like a few years ago, I was obsessed with Cotton Citizen long sleeve t-shirts. And I bought so many of these t-shirts because okay, it was just okay. the same thing that I wore every single day. And I love them. So whenever I find a good tee, I like… Yeah, buy like a And then I'm nervous they're not going to make it anymore. So then I just have to buy a lot of them. So I just… I know. I just continue like looking for more, you know. I just… I I need to make sure there's always plan B, plan C. You could never have enough white tees. Yeah. Three items that should be in everyone's closet. I would say a good fitting trouser is great. A pair of jeans, your go-to jeans. And the perfect white t-shirt. It's perfect. Amazing. We're so minimalistic. Um, Okay, where can everyone follow you on all the platforms where you're creating all the stuff all the time? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube, Valeria Lipovetsky. On TikTok, Valeria Lipovetsky. On Instagram, Valeria Lipovetsky. And you can listen to my new podcast, Not Alone, uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.